Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, maybe it's not far away, but oh, didn't you like that intro, Irene? I did. I did. It was great. <laughs> I yeah. thought of that. I practiced that. And yes, well, it is a pleasure and an honor, Irene, to have you here, co-creator of Come From Away, which uh, if you live under a rock, maybe, then maybe you haven't heard about it. But um, so we're going to get right into it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The very first question, which I'm sure you've answered a gajillion times, but let's, you know, bring in to your husband, too, as well, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah. It is a partnership, this incredible yes. story about 9-11, but more importantly, about people, people stranded on that fateful day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we've gotten to the point where we actually have to kind of divide and conquer a little bit. He's actually uh, just come back from Gander where they're doing a homegrown production um, for the people there that's been running all summer. So he was out for that opening and I'm here doing the Fringe show. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a marriage made in miles, right? Yeah, Apart. Exactly. Yes, yeah. okay. So Irene Sankoff, David Heim are the yeah. co-creators of Come From Away. But it took you like 10 years to oh, get oh. this story done, or this musical done. Yes, so we first went out to Gander on the 10th anniversary of the September 11th. We were very lucky. We got a grant from the Canadian government to go out and research the project. And so we spent three weeks out there. We ended up staying longer because everyone there was like, oh, don't waste your money on hotel, just come stay with us. And we're like, okay. And this was before COVID. This was before COVID. <laughs> this was before kids. And we didn't have jobs, so we could just, we were just like, all right, fine. Let's just, these people will keep feeding us and we'll keep staying here. Um, uh, and it was lovely. You know, we talked to everyone we could. I don't know how many people we talked to because, like, literally, there's a part in the show where the gentlemen are all telling each other good morning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, that comes from, like, you know, David walking into the men's bathroom, actually, and everyone, like, greeting each other, and he's like, uh, no one said my name. <laughs> I felt left out. <laughs> oh, my Very goodness. Cute. Yeah. So, uh, you can tell that this 
kind of permeates through all of this, you know, through your research, through the production part of it. I want to go back to the beginning. Where were you on 9-11, September 11th? Sure. Uh, we were living in a residence for international students at uh, 122nd Street and Broadway. Um, well, we're on Riverside Drive, but way uptown. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were actually in New York City. And I think my dad was probably the last person to reach Manhattan because he phoned me and said, don't get on the subway don't go to school and I was like oh dad it's just New York this stuff happens every day and he's like turn on the TV and you know by the mm -hmm. time I, c I couldn't call him back because all the lines were down yeah oh yeah, my goodness crazy and yeah. so to even be that close to having you know every all these mm -hmm. things happen was it then or when was it that you and David wanted to do something about this well you know it was something that we kind of just put in the back of our minds. Like we ended up moving back to Toronto a couple of years mm -hmm. after September 11th, and we just didn't really think about it anymore. And then Michael Rubinoff, who was running the Canadian Musical Theatre Project at the time, uh, told us about this story, and we were like, you know, we were living in this residence with people from 110 different countries, like, and and you know, and we lived through it. Like we and we saw a lot of the work that came out afterwards that no one else ever saw about that day. <laughs> and so we kind of knew where the pitfalls were. Um, and he'd had five other teams. He still won't tell me who they were. He, <laughs> he's had five other teams that turned him down. But we were like, no, I think, I think maybe we want to give this a try. Like, we want to take a look at it. And when we were out in Gander, we were like, oh, yeah, this, this is a story that has to be told. And, and we do, we do, get it like we weren't in Gander but we were on a different island we were on the island of Manhattan and we were also surrounded by people of different faiths and different from different countries and we all came together and just looked after one another and then eventually people started playing music and the wine started flowing and you know we were very very fortunate everyone came back to our residence but um, you know but but some everyone was affected in some way or another so now do you when you look back at it Irene do you really think that success, well obviously the success of this is that it's based on a true story about true people and, and the experiences, but looking now at the way we perceive theatre and the, I guess, not only the excitement and what we want to get as an audience, you have to be as a producer or whatever, mm -hmm. telling a true story or making us believe you're telling a true story. Yeah. And I think, you know, 9-11 is a perfect example. Everybody knows where they were yep. at that moment yes. and will never forget it. I mean, in terms of, of storytelling, it is actually, it's quite efficient because people fill in the blank and they can start from already having that knowledge, much like if you go to see Wicked, you know The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. um, even kids who weren't born for September 11th, they unfortunately can fill in the blanks of their own traumatic circumstance and they can kind of get it and they love it it's mm -hmm. it's remarkable to see because I did not think kids would like it but they really respond to it um, yeah and the true stories before we found the team that we ended up going with a lot of people were like well you just just make stuff up and but the thing that was so extraordinary about this was that it was true. Like I could, yeah. like you, how could you, uh, right? Not how could you make things up? Like I know you'd be called out on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> when I do that too. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Oh. 
And now let's talk about the people of Gander, okay? So you and David went, you did all of those interviews and I don't even know how you, and, that, and that's where your incredible creative brains work, create music and lyrics and words and create a production out of all those interviews. But for the people of Gander, what did come from? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What way mean for them? Oh my gosh. Uh, even... Uh, the woman who directed the production that's going on out there right now, cool. yeah, she came out to, she's, she's like a well-known Canadian director. Her name's Jillian Kiley. She's a Newfoundlander. Mm-hmm. But I remember her coming out to New York and saying, like, I just don't get it. I just don't, don't know how you do it. Like, why, why did anyone care about this? And I was like, you don't even understand how extraordinary this is, that this is what happened and that it's true. Like, and that's, yeah. And we were lucky because Newfoundlanders love music. We can't tell yeah. a story about Newfoundland without and music. just the way they are. So sidebar: mm. on that day, I was working at that time with Shaw TV, and I, we were getting ready to go out on to do an interview and a shoot. Mm-hmm. And my videographer came in, and he says, "We're not going anywhere." And he turned on the TV, and of course, we saw all this. So immediately, I quickly phoned um, dear friends that we knew that we knew in the states. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Near and are you safe? Because at this point we don't know they were all over. So yeah. we decided to go to the airport, and in Winnipeg there were I think maybe eight planes or whatever grounded, oh, and so yes. it was very surreal. I just remember the crew kind of just standing outside. We weren't allowed to talk to them. And like you knew that there was people on those planes, and they sure as heck weren't supposed to land in Winnipeg. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it was really, you know, that I guess was our little kind of come from away kind of thing. Although those people, you know, unfortunately, whatever, just were seconded to the airplane. They were. Okay. But yeah. when, yeah, knowing that story and what Gander went through, multiply that by 38 planes and thousands of people. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, it's a unique type of bravery to mm-hmm. be like okay these people are here if we leave them on the planes they're going to be they, they, one they nearly outnumber us two <laughs> yeah. um, they're going to be angry scared you know lonely tired yes like let's let's bring them in and let's yeah. look after them and take the chance that that will be okay because it's almost certain that if you left them all out there 38 planes full of them Something it would bad. Not have no, something okay. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something right? bad was bound to happen. No, yeah. and even now, if you kind of look at it, what we're going through today with the influx of immigrants coming mm-hmm. in, especially from Ukraine, uh, fleeing war, and you know, Winnipeg has opened up arms, you know, so much too, and we continue to do that, or we try to do that as a community. But Irene, like, I mean, you think about the impact Come From Away has made. Uh, where do you want to go next? Like, do you want to mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. stay in this kind of, um, maybe it's this social conscious kind of theater? I think so. I don't, I don't know that I can't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what really 
really drives me. You know, I've been asked to do some things that I'm just like, oh, that's that's a big name and that's a big recognizable product, but I, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I mean, of course now Greta Gerwig has done Barbie, so maybe I should have thought about <laughs> it, but anyway. I know, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, mm -hmm. social consciousness. Yeah. And it has such a longevity because, like you just said, uh, you've got a summer show going on, or yeah. like a, and that's so great. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, yeah. So uh, it is the first license of the show in North America, which means it's not the production that you would have seen in Toronto or Winnipeg mm -hmm. or on Broadway or anywhere of the national tour or Australia or London. Drops, um, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Um, it's their own interpretation. Um, oh. I have not seen it yet because I've been here. Uh, my husband saw it and he mm -hmm. was deeply flattered and deeply moved by it. And I'm hoping to go out at the end of the summer to see it because... How exciting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and what a fresh take, right? Yeah. Just something that's so close to your heart and then being interpreted in a different way yeah. uh, means that you have made an impact. Yeah. <laughs> so Thank all you. those yeah. years of a struggling student and oh my whatnot, gosh. is it all paid off? <laughs> oh, I, I think so. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like personally now, I mean, we've been through COVID and and we know that the arts were really hit bad, you know, and performing yep. arts definitely. Um, and there has definitely been a change too, as bringing people back to the theater. Um, for you, where do you see the future? theater well I mean theater has been around since storytelling mm -hmm. began I think we're at a moment where we really have to define as artists like we we're human <laughs> we're not AI and we I hope not I know I know right? <laughs> spoiler no. um, and and we have to hang on to our ability to tell stories and not you know, not let that be taken away, whether it's your image as an actor or whether it's your idea for a story getting run through chat GPP, GPT and being thrown back at you as something unrecognizable and a little soulless, frankly. Um, but I, I, think, I think people will always tell stories. I mean, I'm here for the Fringe right now mm -hmm. and it is just delightful to see the different types of people and the different types of shows and the different types of storytelling and I don't know I think we may see a lot more of that like little homegrown things mm -hmm. instead of the homogenized huge things because um, it's expensive it's oh, yeah. really expensive to do yeah. totally totally yeah. and I guess for all of those aspiring playwrights musicians actors out there bitten by the bug that want to tell a story. I mean, obviously yours is should be a movie, I think, but uh, words of advice. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, honestly, in this day and age, uh, I know like all of the Hollywood people are say, you know, don't have a plan B. My <laughs> gosh, having a plan B and having another source of income to rely on, and frankly, people from that source of income who could afford to come and pay for our shows, it was a lifeline. And yes, it's exhausting and you have to multitask. You have to do your, your day job and you have to work in the evening. And then as Canadians, maybe someday you'll be able to not have the day job, but it's not likely. So just, 
Just figure out a way to do it all. <laughs> figure out That's a way. All. <laughs> yep. Or take that next disaster and make it a true, a true wonderful story I with was, happy people. I was up at Rainbow Stage, and the first thing I said was, well, my husband's American, so I married an American. And they're like, oh, great. Well, now, <laughs> now what okay. are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we hope that you and David, though, will continue to bring us great stories and entertain us because, boy, oh, boy, the world needs some entertainment and some laughter and smiles. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I know. I know. All right. Thank you so much, Irene. Thank you. It's so ple it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure's mine. Well, we want to, again, thank Irene Sankoff for being here. We're going to leave you with a little clip from Come From Away. Well, you know, maybe it will be coming to your town shortly. So we want to thank our special guest, and make sure that you make this day the greatest day ever. See you next time on Hue at Home. American Airlines had the prettiest place. So I applied as a flight engineer. But the World War II pilots, they all complained. They said girls shouldn't be in the cockpit. Hey, lady, hey, baby, hey, why don't you grab us a drink? And the flight attendants weren't my friends back then. And they said, are you better than us, do you think? But I kept getting hired. And the World War II crew, they retired. And the girls all got much higher of me. 1986, the first female American Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.